Unburdened. Try and uh, unburden ourselves of the things that have been built up in us since we were kids that made us into the men that we are today. Um, you can hit us up on email on blackandunburdened at gmail.com or blackmenunburdened. Um, you can hit us up on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Um, and it is ripe with uh, uplifting thoughts and also uh, memes. Everybody likes the memes. Uh, and our shows. Um, and you can hit us up on Twitter as well. Uh, we float around there every so often. Um, yeah, like next week, not next week, week after next, it's election time, y'all. And I have to tell you that even though the election is coming, I think I, I'm, I'm not disconnected from the election. I've already voted. I already knew who I was voting for from the gate. Like there wasn't a question. Uh, who I was voting for. This wasn't a uh, down to the last minute. What are you going to do? Choose, choose, choose. Uh, I knew damn near immediately when uh, Pete and all them left. Like I wasn't a fan of how it came about. Let's not be, let, let's not lie. I'm quite honestly sick and tired of you 78 year old people thinking that you still know what's best for America. I'm never going to I'm never going to stop standing on that. When I'm 78 years old, I hope to be able to just sit back, play video games and enjoy my retirement, not lead the fucking nation. I'm going to keep standing on that. But when it came down to it, I knew who I was voting for. Um, however, as time gets closer and closer, I keep seeing ads from um, Joe Biden, who is sending out stuff saying the numbers are closer than you think. Send me $25 more each so then we can make sure that we push this over the top. And I'm like, dude, you sound real greedy right now. And I don't know if I'm wrong for thinking that a millionaire who pays nine hundred and sixty-seven, who gets $967,000 a year, according to his taxes, uh, should be asking me for 25 bucks. But it just rubs me the wrong way about politics as a whole. Um, not to mention the fact, not politics as a whole, just him and, and Trump and the presidential, the presidential uh, situation we're in right now, the, the quagmire, the morass that we're in right now. Um, also, I'm pretty certain that no matter how the election goes, I'm not going to work the next day. Um, I don't want to be around anybody who's going to be complaining about how the election went, whether Trump loses, which please God, let him lose. Or if Trump wins, I don't want to be around people who I didn't know were Trump supporters, who I now know are Trump supporters because they're out there pouting. And now I got to now now I'm looking at you differently. Um, but more than that, I think I'm just tired. I'm tired of uh, I, I I I've read thus far about six different famous black men who have said they're voting for Trump. And earlier today, I saw a post about quite possibly two of the only four black women in America, because Diamond and Silk are still floating around somewhere, but two of the only four black women in America who are undecided and are thinking about voting for Trump. They did a CNN report interviewing them. 
I don't understand why people are looking at Trump as an option, but it worries me because we still are not convinced of the evil that this man does and can do. You're looking at his um, Supreme Court nominee right now who's saying that if somebody gets called the N-word, it's not uh, grounds for discrimination. It's, it's, not, it's not racist. Um, she could say that because she has a, a Haitian daughter who looks like her whole job is to clean the house. Um, it, it's just, it's worrying me. Like, first of all, the fact that the ideals of Trump have been normalized in this country, no matter who gets elected this next election, that ideal isn't going to leave. It's not just going to disappear because Trump stops being president. I need y'all to know that. Uh, it's only going to get stronger. The Proud Boys aren't just going to go back into their holes because Biden gets elected. Um, and I feel that we are in a place right now where we are worse off than we've been in a long time in this country right now with everything that's going on. And it's just spiking every bit of anxiety that I have. There's no depression in it. There's just straight up what the fuck is going to happen today type anxiety. And so I wanted to check on y'all and see how y'all are doing during this here election season that is thankfully about to come to an end. Corbin? Well, I will start. I'm doing just fine. I checked out. Uh, I, like you, could have voted before this. I didn't like how it came about, but um, I could have voted, uh, let's just say, day after Trump got elected. I could I could have voted. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, you know, just I could have voted for X D or D to be determined later. I would have voted for that. <laughs> um, I just, Democrat TBD. <laughs> yeah, it was to be determined on January twenty second. I think he got like, or he was inaugurated twenty first. I could have voted Democrat to be determined at a later date on the next day. Um, and it would have been fine. I Nothing has changed how I would vote. I actually did get to vote. But the way that we had to do it, we voted on Tuesday of last week. The way that we have to do it in Mississippi is um, you have to vote absentee. We don't have early voting here. So if you have to have, a, I think there's a list of 12 reasons that you can vote early in the state of Mississippi. You have to comply with one of those 12 reasons. And one of which is you have to work that day, which I assume most people do. So I did, but they always, they, I, this is my third time voting here. So, but this is the, uh, they always ask you have to, so your reason for uh, voting absentee, uh, I have to work that day. You have to work from 7am to 7pm. And I'm like, yes. And then, okay. I mean, if I tell you I have to work that day, they have to break down the hours. So technically if I got off at five, then I would have plenty of time to go vote, which the polls close at seven here. And I'm like, I don't think that's true, but you know, I, I, my, I work 24 seven, so it doesn't really matter, but it it does bother me that somebody who gets off at say six o'clock that day, if they were completely honest with these people and said, yeah, um, I get off at six and they'd be like, yeah, you can go vote. I'm like, no, no, you can't. 
Um, but yeah, I voted. Um, I checked out way before that because I don't, I mean, there's, like I said, three years ago I could have voted. So there's really nothing you can say, do or whatever. I found that my health is a lot better mentally than a lot of people simply because I don't watch the news. Um, every now and then I'll read something just, you know, passing by like a headline and I do my best not to read that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to check out until the 4th of November. I don't think, uh, our election will, or the, not our election. I don't think the uh, presidential part will be over until sometime in January, but having read the constitution, that don't even matter because as of January 20th at 12 o'clock noon, he is no longer president. Him mm-hmm. and the VP are the only people that have time limits put on their presidency. So it doesn't say if you're suing, you can stay that. That is actually written into the U.S. Constitution. So as of 12 o'clock, Nancy Pelosi's president, pretty much, um, if the Democrats keep the House, which I assume that will happen, um, which is not okay with me. I'm not with... As many things as I have to explain to 70-year-old people, no offense to the older people, I do not want you running anything. However, um, you know, it is what it is at this point. I, I don't know why our choices seem to, in general, come down to the oldest white man in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand that. I just, I just don't. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not... I'm a fatalist right now. I feel like we're on this roller coaster and can't get off it. So let's just see what happens. Gerald, what you got? Well, I'm the unpopular person because I haven't voted and I'm probably not going to vote. I didn't vote in 2016. I don't vote. You know your ancestors got bit by dogs and water hoses. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh huh. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Did you get hit with the water hoses? Well, I don't know what difference that makes. It's no, like the it's, whole it's, generation try to take credit for what happened to some people. Anyway, boondocks. But um, <laughs> I don't, I don't vote against people. I just don't. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and I can't stand you, and I'm gonna vote for you because I can't stand the other person either. Um, I just don't do it. And I checked out of this whole thing in 2015 because I was really excited in 2015 because um, it really looked like if. People in America were um, actually honest and, uh, you know, in control of what actually happens. That the legitimate crazy person who believes 100% of what he says on the right and the legitimate crazy person who believes 100% of what he says on the left were going to be going against each other head to head. Because without Trump, Ted Cruz would have been the nominee. And without Hillary, Bernie, without Hillary stealing it from him, Bernie Sanders would have been a nominee. And both of them are crazy. And both of them are as far right and left as you could possibly get. And they actually 100% believe their crap. And I was really excited because I was like, for once, we actually going to get to see what America really believes. Because you either going to have to go with crazy on the right or crazy on the left. And they are both as far on the other end as possible. And I was excited to see that. And then Hillary steals the nomination from Bernie. Trump does his thing, which nobody knows what to deal with, and there's enough crazy racist people in this country that just, that's just what I want. Um, so, 
now you basically got two people who don't believe anything that they say, who don't, who are willing to say whatever needs to be said in order to make people do what they want them to do. I mean, they're both, to me, Hillary and Trump, they were, they're the same person on two different sides of the coin. Just horrible human beings who treat people like crap and talk about people like crap. The only difference was Hillary Clinton does it when the cameras are off. Um, but I know enough people who have uh, worked as attaches and all these things in the military around those folks to know, like, she's a horrible, horrible person. There's not a difference between her and him. He just does it blatantly, and he's a mediocre white man, so he can do that and still get what he wants. But I wasn't going to vote for either one of them. Um, and as soon as I saw it was them against each other, I was like, nah, I'm done. And uh, same thing this year. It's like, okay, so there's 45, and then there's Bernie. Nope, it's Biden. Well, what has Biden done? Well, we made him into a bunch of memes. Like, that's literally, that's the appeal of Biden to black people is we made a bunch of memes of him and Barack being bros and laughed at the memes. And then we attributed the personality traits that we put into the memes to Joe Biden. So now Joe Biden is black enough to say, if you consider him voting anybody other than me, then you ain't black. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, you, okay, you another white dude who think he got street cred. Yeah, no, I'm done with you. So I'm just... I'm looking at him like, okay, so we stuck between an old white man and another old white man, one of them who blatantly wait, just says, wait, I don't wait. care. I, I, know, I know we don't usually interrupt, but yep. if Joe Biden, if, 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 if Bernie Sanders had been there, he would have been an old white man too. Would you yeah, have voted same. for him? No, I, I wouldn't vote for Bernie. I, like I okay, said, just making sure. I got yeah, no, it's cra <laughs> crazy on one end, crazy on the other end. Like I don't vote against people, and I don't like any of those people. So... um yeah, it's just like all right. Well, if Biden so wins, you'd be more I would be happy choice. that he would win, but I don't like him, and I'm not going to vote for him. You would be more for rank choice voting then. Yeah, you like vote so the order of the person that you like the most to the person you like the least. Yeah, so in the in the elections that I have voted in, um, in the presidential elections I voted in. Very few times have I voted for one of the two main candidates. Like, if I'm going to vote, I'm going to vote for somebody who I like, whether I think that they'll win or not. And there's been very few times where I voted for one of the two main people on the ticket because it's my vote, and I don't I don't vote against people. I'm going to vote for you who I can't stand because I can't stand you less than I can't stand the other person. I, that's yeah, not I how my brain works. All the time. My brain doesn't work you. that way. I just, I can't, I cannot do that. The pragmatist in me says I have to do that. I do not want to do that. That's why I've been researching uh, the last couple of months, like ranked choice voting, where you vote for the person you like. And uh, it would actually change a lot. They're doing it in a couple of states. I doubt they do it anymore. It'll take 100 years to make it. But they do it in a lot of different countries where you actually vote. You can't campaign against the person that you don't like because there's four or five of them. Mm -hmm. um, one and so you have to try to stand out make yourself stand apart from those people rather than say this person's an idiot they're gonna steal your children and eat your babies right vote for me um and so i i like that idea a lot better but you know america doesn't really just do the right thing ever so the um, idea that i like better um i was just introduced to listening to malcolm gladwell's podcast um 
revisionist history, he actually had an episode where he was talking about um, democratic lotteries, where basically you you don't have campaigns, you don't have any of this election process, literally just the people who are qualified, who want to have the job, their names go into a lottery and then they get selected at random and the person at random who got selected has the job and that's it. I mean, but what if like, what was the dude's name who ran Hustler, Larry Flint? He ran for the office of governor of California. So let's say that they put his name into the basket and Larry Flint becomes governor of California. The first thing he was going to do was legalize prostitution, which supports sex workers. His ideals at that point in time, though, were he just wanted to legalize prostitution. He didn't have anything past that. He didn't know what to do. And this is back when uh, Pete Davis had gotten recalled or or Gray Davis had gotten recalled and... um, Arnold Schwarzenegger ended up getting elected after uh, Arnold from uh, Different Strokes and Larry Flint and all these other fake me out celebrities ran for governor. If they had just put their names in the hat, no matter where we went to, we still would have been screwed. No, because it wouldn't have to be their names. Because I believe, and, and this is based on what you know, I was learning listening to that podcast as well, it's not just the people like those people. It would be literally anybody in the state of California who met a certain minimum level of criteria of either experience okay. or whatever and said, I want to be the governor. I mean, if you had 5,000 people who said, I put my name in the hat, I want to be the governor of California, here's my credentials, and they met whatever the credentials, then whoever was in that pool at random, one of them would be the governor. Done. No elections, no campaigns, no nothing. It's just a person who was qualified to do the job now has the job. Congratulations. Everybody else go home. And what and, Your and, key and the word biggest being qualified. Right. And so you'd have to have a minimum standard of cri- uh, criteria, right, for your name to go in that hat. But he- here's the interesting thing, and this was the part that was really um, interesting to me about the point that Malcolm was making. If you had something like that, let's just say that our presidential, um, uh, our presidential seat was run that way. And it had been run that way for the last 100 years. Over the last 100 years, approximately how many of the presidents we had would have been women if we ran it that uh, way? Probably half if you go half. at random. 50, 50% of the people who had been president probably would have been women. At least some of them would have been black or Asian or Hispanic. You wouldn't be in a situation where you supposedly have this democratic system, but what we're really always doing is picking between the oldest two white men in the room. Because no longer is it you have to be a part of this club in order for us to say that you're good enough to go up in front of everybody and do the campaign thing. Forget your campaigns, forget your elections. These are the criteria. These are the number of years experience you have to have doing this, running a company this big or running a state or running whatever before your name can be put in that hat. You want it, your name goes into the hat. Random. I mean, bloop, I there's mean, your just president. Like, but just I'm, like I'm that. I'm kind of with it. I'm, I'm not. With it. I'm not. And here's why. Here's <laughs> I, why. I wasn't. I wasn't. I thought he was crazy. But now he, he makes sense. <laughs> but here's why I'm, I can't. 
we're talking about you have to run a business for X amount of years. That's just an example. I'm not saying that that's I'm not saying that's the criteria. I'm saying there would be some criteria. Yeah, but I'm up. saying if, if if they if they adopted that criteria, that would knock me out. If that, that particular knock, one was there, yeah. Corbin out, that would knock a whole lot of people out who might be able to actually that would knock all almost every young person out. And that's what I'm really looking for. I'm looking for a change where young folks who are actually being affected by what's going on in this country are able to make a difference. So that's hold what I'm on, looking but, for. But focus on this. You're focused on the, but if you had to run a business for so long, mm-hmm. don't work, don't focus on that criteria. It's just something I threw out of my head. Focus on the fact that if there is a random selection from a pool of qualified people, whatever those qualifications are said to be, it is more likely that you're going to get a younger person. But it's also more likely that the people who are setting up the qualification needs are going to set it up so it benefits them. Hold on. Let me give you a call back. I'm doing a podcast right now. I I do agree with that. I I do understand. But I feel like any system we're in, the people making the qualifications are going to try their best to rig it. Uh, But at random does make sense if it's a big number if it's four or five you can rig that if it's fifteen thousand, you 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 can't i don't think anyway i think it's a lot harder to rig fifteen thousand people in the country are qualified for this one position um based on this 15 sets of criteria um yeah i'm 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 with it i was terrified at first when you said, "What is?" I said, "What kind of bane stuff is Gerald on now?" Um, but now I, I, I kind of see it. I just I, I look at it from a standpoint of you, no matter what the system is, people are going to feel disenfranchised. It's just going, and then people are going. Some people are going to have the illusion that they have some level of control, like the the democratic process in the United States at the federal level especially for this particular office, is just a farce for the individual. It's just a farce. They say every single vote counts. No, not a single vote counts because the Electoral College elects the president. So every single one of our votes informs what we would like for them to do, but it's been proven throughout history. They don't always do that. Sometimes those electors vote differently from the people in the district that they represented. So it's it's all a farce and this whole idea is like, well, this is the only way to do it. And otherwise, it's like, no, there's plenty of other ways to do it that would get us something other than Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump. Like we almost had Bush, Clinton, Bush, Clinton. And then we almost had Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Clinton. But why are we having so many Bushes and Clintons in here? Why are we having all of these? Kennedys in every single level of government. Why like because name recognition. It's an oligarchy that we live in. We live in a in an oligarchy in a facade of democracy. And it's not. And so if we want true democracy, if we want a true situation where anybody has the opportunity to be whatever they want, to lead whatever they want in the government, well you would get a lot closer to that by just put picking the name out of a hat. What if that's not the uh, not the goal? What if the goal is the uh, 
the PR, not the actual <laughs> act. What you mean? Oh, you mean uh, we, you we, want us to we are want to look a certain way? Yeah, but yeah, not really. I mean, uh, I'm with anything other than what we have now. I would also like a ma- uh, minimum age and a maximum age on president. Somewhere between like 30, minimum, and 30 and 50. I would like a minimum or, or a maximum amount of time for everybody who's not the president and the vice president. Yeah, because it. they already have a, a limited amount of time. Mitch or, McConnell and, 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 and Nancy Pelosi and everybody else who've been in office since my grandfather was my age or younger that's a problem when you're talking about you've been in the senate you've been your your state senator for 45 years that's a problem that means that you've been there since racism since since segregation was you were the first person to fight against segregation in your city to, to, to fight for segregation, to rather. Oh, okay. No, to fight for like, segregation in your city. Because I'm like, pretty you were the sure first we're person... still just now losing people who have been in Congress for 50-some years who were very no, what I'm saying is, openly racist. What, what I'm saying is you you were the first senator in your state to be like, you know what, fuck integration. We're just going to open up our own white schools. And now you're out here and you're supposed to be doing what's best for Black Lives Matter. You're supposed to be doing what's best for these... Uh, for indigenous people, you're supposed to be doing what's best for the uh, little kids who have been locked up in these cages. Nah, no, you're not. Yeah, I don't. So, uh, I don't. I don't know that love. I, I know that love's not in your heart. It doesn't grow. You're not the Grinch. So, so what, you've what been, would you put on there as limits then? Like how how long if, would you say if, would if, be the, if the president's got eight years, then so should they. See, I think twelve. I think Why? I think you should be able to do because it just makes it even. Because you should be, in my opinion, you should be able to do two terms as a senator or six terms in the House. Because Senate is six-year terms. Period. So 12 years period. You can, you can If you get elected six times to the House, cool. Did a great job. Go home. No retirement. That's the other problem. The, these, I agree with you on the term limits, but also um, they, they never have to go back to the real world. Like for the time that they're in there, a lot of people come in there flat broke and leave multimillionaires because insider trading has basically been been legal for Congress the entire time this existed. I think they just, during Obama's term, um, created a law that prevented Congress people from benefiting from legislation that they knew was about to affect an industry because that's all they would do is, oh, let me go ahead and buy all of these stocks and then we'll pass this legislation and now I'm richer. So Like the covid um that stuff too uh, but they've been doing the only reason those guys got in trouble is because of the laws that went into effect when obama was in office before that it was legal for congress to do insider trading um so taking that stuff away taking away the retirement like you do 12 years and you go back to the real world you don't get any special health care you don't get any retirement you get nothing you spend six years serving and then you go back and you be a normal person so is that 12 years combined but if i get elected to six terms in the house and then i run for senate because i'm out of time do i get 12 more i mean i personally think if they if your people in your state wanted to give put you in the senate for that next 12 then sure why not it's it's a different job. 
I don't have an issue with that. But again, I'm not making the policy. Okay. I'm just I mean, telling I you that's where I it. that's where I set my limit. Like I get the eight year thing, Derek, but with the way the Senate is set up, if they do two terms as twelve, why not have the House do six terms and then max out? I want all of them to have a maximum of eight years. So changing the so terms you want for across the, across the line, everybody gets eight years. If you get reelected, bully for you. <laughs> I like that. Eight so you years. See, because so you when change you the four Senate years. to four Look, year uh, yes, terms? I, four year terms, eight years. You come in with the president, you leave with the president. Like, y'all all leave at the same time. So when we're voting, we're clearing House, we're clearing presidency, and the Supreme Justice. Like, these should not be lifetime terms, because once you get a lifetime term, if somebody is paid, nigga, if when I first start as a senator, or as a judge, or in the house, whatever, and Nike comes and pays me a million dollars under the table, then for the next 50 years, I'm a Nike man. It shouldn't be like that. There are people who have been paid off in some way, shape, or form during the time of their 50 years of being in office, and now they're going to stick to those morals no matter what, which is why big oil still hasn't been pushed out, which is why we're still not looking for a clean air initiative because the lobbyists are in good with these folks who have been here for like 50, 60 years. And the kids are like, yo man, get these fuckers out the paint. So then we can actually make some change. No, I'm in here for life, bro. But other side of that coin, I personally have no faith in human beings and I don't care how old or young you are. Um, If you cleared house and new young people was in there, those lobbyists are still representing deep pockets, and people are influenced by money. Those new people will be corrupted just as good as the old people were. But that, you know I don't what? Think it that wouldn't be nearly. It wouldn't be nearly as deeply ingrained as it is now. It's like if you put your hand on a stove and hold it there for a second. Yeah, you're gonna have a mark. But if you put your hand on the stove and hold it there for 50 years. So this you is won't have a hand. Yeah, but this is what I've seen though. It just <laughs> not in that particular world, but this is what ends up happening, especially in the um like so I'll look, use the military as an example. All right. Military branches, you got people constantly coming in, coming out. They do four year terms and and they move on with their life unless they stay to um, you know, to retire or whatever. But they're constantly rotating out their jobs. Like, you do two, three years at a place, you're going somewhere else. Officers, two years, and you're going somewhere else. So, guess what happens when you're constantly moving new people in to do a job that the, the old people already mastered? You starting over from scratch every single time. Except, this is what actually happens. Contractors don't go nowhere. So, the military hires civilian contractors who sit there, and they literally sit there for decades doing the exact same job and they are the continuity for these military jobs and so when new military people come in who are supposed to be in charge they're learning how to do it from the contractors who've been there 30 years and so you end up doing it the old way anyway because the military people are just floating on through but the contractors are the ones who are maintaining the system which is what I would see happening with the lobbyists. If you just cleared house of the government all the time, the folks who are still there are the folks who are constantly trying to influence how things work. 
aka the big the big oil the big this the big that with all of their lobby money and when new people come in let me show you all how this how this works and I'm telling you how easy it is when you have a brand new job, you don't know what's going on, you're going to take the first advice that you can get from the person who knows what, how it's going, and they're going to have that same influence. It won't be ingrained the way you're talking about, but I don't think it just, I don't think that just solves the problem. I'm not saying I wouldn't like it. I'm just saying I don't think it solves the problem because there's someone's going to be there to step in and say, oh, you're confused about how to do your job? Let me help you out. And walk them right on down the same path as those old people. personal opinion. Nah. Uh, anything I know that you come up with is going to be logic-based and and take people and emotion out of it. But I I, I, I kind of agree with both of y'all in a, in a way, kind of like a hybrid of what you're talking about. I would rotate not everybody, but a lot like the Senate does now. There's a third of the Senate up for vote every, every two years. term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would do it similar to that. I would have the limit. I mean, you pick a limit, eight years, 12 years, doesn't matter. Somebody's two years is up. So maybe a quarter of the house is up every two years. Uh, A quarter of the Senate is up every two years. And so, I mean, I would do it something like that or half, whatever you come up with. I wouldn't do the whole thing, but I I would do uh, probably half each term well right now the whole the whole house is up every two years every two years like we could legitimately get rid of 100 percent. 435 of those people could all lose their jobs at the exact same time if 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 we wanted to as america and literally start over with the house from scratch every two years we could do that but you people don't do that but if you had a lottery <laughs> it would happen. Well, the lottery bases it off. You have to do that. So that's the thing about the lottery. You there's things that are already ingrained in that. So the 435 people being gone is ingrained in there. So right, uh, it, it's part. It's baked in. So you can't really just say, "Well, I really like this guy." That would be the only. To me, I'm all for it, but I feel like the 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 pushback from that is what if you like your senator shouldn't you be able you're taking the people out of it which is great and i understand that but that doesn't make you a democracy i would say no it doesn't but i also don't i don't trust people you don't pretend to be a democracy no this these 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 (laughs) last these last five years since 2015 have taught me not to trust any american group to make a smart decision we don't make decisions based on logic. We make decisions based on emotion, both as individuals and especially as groups. So the whole process of let's have a debate to see who Americans would think would do this better. The debates aren't about that. They're just about let me badger you back and forth in front of everybody. But Who's better at speaking to a crowd of people while they're getting yelled at by the other person to try to throw them off doesn't mean that when there's a geopolitical situation that needs a good decision made right now, that that's going to be the best person to make that decision in that moment. So the whole process that we use for trying to hire somebody for this job is not at all tied to the job qualifications. 
And if you look at any other job in the world and you look at the KSAs, the knowledge, skills, and abilities that people have to have for a job, when you write a job rec, you write down all the bullets of the things they're going to have to do on this job. And then you write down qualifications required. You have to have at least eight years of this, a master's degree or a bachelor's degree, or in lieu of a bachelor's, this many more years of this, experience doing X, Y, Z. And those things match right up to what the job requirement is. And if you can't do those, then you can't do this and we won't hire you. But with our job requirement for president, making decisions, delegating responsibility, doing all of these geopolitically important things, the way that we go through the interview process is by having people yell at each other on a stage. That It has nothing to do with the actual job. So... Hold up, hold no, up, hold I have up. No faith in that process. I'm not going to let you go any further. That's not always true. Sometimes it's who you feel like you could drink a beer with. Okay. That's the the turning factor. Emo- emotional. It's an emotional decision. I, I, I but know. But it's got nothing to do with the actual job requirements. and that... or, or, in some cases, it's who looks better on TV. And that's Kennedy and Nixon. Okay. So you're, you're, I'm you're, proving your point. You're proving yeah. my point. I we, know. we have a flawed system for for hiring for this particular position, and I feel like any decent HR director or group of HR directors could go sit down and actually look at the job requirements for the president of the United States and draw up an actual job rec and a list of qualifications that you must have in order to be able to do this job. And then use that list to then kind of whittle down and form these qualifications that you would have to have to put your name inside the hat. And then pick one at random. I guarantee you we can't get any worse than what we do on our own. (laughs) It may not be better, but look at the last four years. There's no way we could do worse by picking a name out of a hat at random than what we have intentionally and purposefully chosen for ourselves no we can't do any better we as people of color feel like that's the way it should be white folks feel like it's great let's be honest if it wasn't they would have changed it by now so while we're sitting here saying that these things could be done to make it better we're leaving out the elephant in the room which the fact that no matter what White folks going to vote for who they vote for. And we're not going to agree with half their choices. We're not going to agree with a nearly all. Fuck it. I don't agree with none of their choices. But we don't really get a choice. We're not in Senate because there's no limit to how long you can be in Senate. Well, we're not you're in the proving house. Gerald's point, too. I am. I'm just so. If, if it was that random, we would have 20 to 30 percent. On average, over the next hundred years, thirty percent of everything would have been a person of color, well, a black person, or fifty um, percent of it would have been women, uh, or Hispanic, or Asian, or uh, somebody that was gay, or somebody that was trans. There would be representation that takes out the fact that me as a white man, I don't want anything but white people. Um, so that's why they would do the ran- I'm I'm all for random now. 
Let's so, roll the dice. I, I, I'm good. I, I did the Harlem Knights uh, podcast. I'm straight. So this this <laughs> this comes down, in my opinion, it comes down to a question of, of two things. Uh, are you a person who wants to have a democratic process or are you a person who wants to have democratic outcomes? Because the lottery is not a democratic process, but it will get you a more democratic outcome. Our democratic process that we use does not net us a democratic outcome and never has. So that's the question is, are, do I want the appearance of being democratic, like you were saying, Corbin, or do I want outcomes that are democratic for my supposedly most democratic nation in the world? I just want to be the dice roller. I just want to sit there and uh, Snake pick the people randomly. Yeah. <laughs> Crap, you crapped out. Yeah, but anyway, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna stop beating that horse. But that when I listened to that episode, I was like, it that immediately resonated with me because, like you said, I'm I'm all about taking all the people out of it because people don't make logical decisions. Individual persons and groups of people don't make logical decisions. So lotteries make logical decisions. Just pick somebody at random done process over <laughs> so uh i am still listening to hamilton or watching hamilton i watched it yesterday i usually just listen to it on a day-to-day basis um and one thing is that that they discuss a lot on that musical is the idea of legacies and running out of time before you can cement your legacy. And what we were just talking about kind of flows into that conversation of legacy. Do y'all ever worry or, 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 I don't know, do y'all ever think about leaving a legacy? And I'm not talking about your children. Your children aren't your legacy. Your children are children. But do y'all ever worry about what your legacy is going to be? What people are going to remember you for after you're gone? Not really. I really don't. No, I just I just want people to be better off for me being here now. Because once I'm gone, I mean, it's, it's somebody else doing the work. But for a while I'm here, my the only concern I have is, am I, am I leaving this place better than I found it? And once I leave, I really don't care if anybody else thinks about me at all regarding that, but I want to know that I left the world or the pieces of it that I could touch better than I found it. Okay. Yeah, I'm more along the lines of Gerald. I I just said, no, I don't think about it because I don't, but I would say what he's saying is exactly how I feel about it. I just want people to the people that I know that are close to me, that remember me, um, impact, as far as impact outside of that, I just want to leave it better than I found it. But, you know, that could be as small as I improved the lives of people that I volunteered with or something like that. I made a mark or I don't mean it has to be like a whole earth shattering change. And then after that, I don't really care. What about you, 
I keep thinking about my legacy. I, 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 maybe I'll be like y'all when I grow up. But I think that everything I do is chasing a legacy, like like something that my family will be able to look back on or, or people will be able to say he did this. He was there for that. I don't know. I guess it's because I feel like time is running out. for me uh and i just want to be able to make be able to even at my funeral i want somebody to be able to stand up and say he did this not just he was a good man or 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 generic platitudes you know he was a good friend he was a good man he was this or that he did this y'all can all see it and i'm not there yet so I can't die yet because I, I haven't completed that part of my life yet. But I truly do feel like I want to be able to leave a legacy that that's bigger than just the kids that I have or, or, or my wife or coaching or my life. I don't know. I just, I just, I just feel like it's coming to an end somewhere soon. And I haven't done anything that's going to be lasting when I'm gone. So where, where do you lean on that, on, on what it is that you want to have an impact on? Hell if I know. <laughs> That's the hard part. Um, the restaurant, I don't know. Because the thing is, if I've seen pastors work so hard to build up a church, uh, my my bishop, uh, he he worked very hard to build up his church. And then he passed away. And when he passed away, when I tell you that that church is no longer anything like what he envisioned it as, because it's under the it's under the control of another pastor or or in the hands of another pastor who had a different vision, it's completely different. So if I built a restaurant or or my catering business and I passed away, and uh, somebody else took it over, it wouldn't be the same place. It wouldn't be me anymore so i don't know i guess i'm thinking really 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 broadly um in the reference point that i have which is that hamilton's lasting legacy was quite honestly the financial institutions of america and the coast guard and the washington post but it's i guess it's easy to make a mark when there's no marks on the ground at that point in time but I don't know. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. Um, my grandmother passed back in October. She was 98 years old. And um, things things that you don't know. Um, but apparently, like, back before she had completely, you know, gone blind and everything, kind of lost the ability to communicate traditionally because she still communicated all the way up to the end um 
apparently she had like basically a, a a newspaper article that she told my mom. She was just like, whenever I pass, like whatever all this other mess is, y'all want to say whatever. I want everybody to know this um, because my great grandmother apparently had been, uh, you know, in the nursing home system in Arkansas. And my grandmother, in going and caring for her, didn't like the conditions, the way that nursing homes were run and what she was dealing with. And my grandmother literally went and worked all the way up with uh, President, then Governor Clinton, to get the, I think, Department of Human Services or Health and Human Services, whatever it is in Arkansas that governs nursing home care. She helped create an entire new Department of State government that was specifically focused on elder care. That that was her legacy. That was the thing that she did that that affected people that she cared about the most. And she wanted people to know about that when she passed. So I understand what you're saying. Like having that thing that you had your stamp on on your life. Um but I don't think it always just is something that you you pick. Like, I, I doubt that that was something she picked. It was something that she saw that was affecting other people that she was passionate about that she said, I'm going to change this. And that might end up being how your thing comes about. You might not get to pick it. It might be something that's thrust on you. True. What else is going on? Leave it to on? Gerald, man. Leave it to Gerald. What I do? What else is going man, on? Man, you just, I just, you just really, uh, you always put things for me, because uh, I, like, I keep telling y'all, I'm somewhere in between both of y'all most of the time. But yeah, you always put it in a way that, that I completely understand because I do the logical thing also. But I, I don't do it to the extent you do it, but I understand. If you can make sense, I understand it. Like, whether I agree with it or not, and people don't understand this, people seem to think whether you agree with it or not should have a lot to do with whether you understand it. No. And that's not true. I can understand you and what you're saying, whether I agree with it or not. Yeah, and most, my, most my people don't agree with me. <laughs> is to is to understand, not to agree Um, I, yeah, I just, I don't, so here's my question. Here's a question I have. Derek, what in your vision of eternity, what happens when this is over with? A rest. Rest. Well, I I die obviously. Well, that's what I'm are saying. Like after, about, like heaven or hell. No, like, I'm talking about like at just well, heaven and hell are options. But I'm talking about like of all the possible things that could happen when this particular life ends in your vision. Like, what do you think is on the other side of that? Because I think I don't know if that if that affects the way people think about their time here, based on what they think about what happens after here. And I'm just asking. Like I'm I don't know I'm. Because I have very, very different views about the afterlife than what most people would agree with or accept as uh, not crazy. So, 
I'm just I'm always curious about how other people feel about well when this is over with what happens and then I'm know. curious about whether that Im- impacts how they feel about what they need to do while they're here I don't know I'm I'm just asking questions I'm confused yeah I don't I don't know I um yeah I don't know. I'm not even going to lie and try and talk my way out of that one. Okay. Well, my 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 thoughts always get me in trouble cuz I I have not ever been able to process the idea that this 80 plus years years because that's the amount of time that it takes for this one little rock to go around it's one little star one time but these 80 plus times that we go around this one star in this universe on this one little blip of a rock is all of the time that our consciousness exists in this universe on this plane and then for the rest of all eternity we either go to a place where we're tortured or we're elated. Like I, I've never been able to process that as truth. So I really deep down feel like this is just, this is, this is one stop along the the journey. And I, I don't, I, I believe the journey is eternal, but I don't think that one, that this one little stop that we have right here on this plane, determines what the rest of eternity looks like for my consciousness. So in that I don't I don't put the stock of well I only have one life and so you know what am I going to leave behind legacy wise like to me it's just like okay there's a time that I'm going to be here what do I do with this life while I'm here is it better or worse than I left it. And then when I leave it, whatever I go to next, whether I'm wrong and it's an eternity of either elation or torture, or whether it's just the next journey along the path, have I prepared my soul or my consciousness or whatever to do what I'm called to do next? So I don't know. I, I haven't, I can't fully flesh it out, but somewhere on that is, Kind of what I think. No, yeah, I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to get you <laughs> in trouble. You're not going to be in trouble. I, I, Again, it's a logical thought. Um, I don't... I, I oscillate, I'll put it that way, between everything in the Bible being true and somewhere between like their whole religious... Every religion being some variation that we just didn't understand it at the time. So I, I don't, I don't, I want to say I don't know, but then some days I feel like I do know, you know, I, I feel like I, I am uh, like, I, I'm still looking for a church to go to, even though I know that, you know, maybe 20 Sundays out of the year, I really don't, you know, I I probably wouldn't, just to be honest with you, 
say that I believe that, you know. But the other, what, 32, I'm all about it. I mean, it's just, it's so, and how much of that is just things that I've been internal, that have been internalized in me to believe as a child. And so I have these battles with myself where I just wonder, like, how much of this, like, I knew if I was, I was born and raised in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I'd probably be Muslim, right? If I was born and raised in Southeast Asia, I'd be Buddhist or Muslim or Hindu. If I was born in Russia, I may be atheist. Period. You know, I it it, it has a lot to do with where I was born, and then also has to do with what was thrust upon the people who thrust it upon me. So, I mean, it's it's not like I've always thought, I thought this when I was a kid, that if you turn 17, 18 years old and you got to line up religions on like um, a spreadsheet that, or just like the back of a, I don't know, a computer program box where it says, if you buy this one, you get this, 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 and this, or you can buy this one, which has that plus the deluxe. Or you can get this one, which has all of it, but this one's a hundred dollars. This one's fifty nine, and this one's twenty nine, or free. Uh, and you just pick one like that. I think that would be a better idea than the way we currently do it, which is you're a child. I'm gonna put this in your face and make you feel bad for not doing it when you're an adult. So. I don't know. I just I just streamline religion. I'm sorry. My thoughts get me in trouble too. So what you're saying is that all the religions should be put in a hat and then you just pick one out and then that's your religion. So I'm sitting here waiting <laughs> on us, man. Come on, Buddhism. Come on. <laughs> ah. Uh, now my question to you would be all of the Christian faiths, are they separate or are they together? Because I don't really, I don't want to be an evangelical. I don't. Yeah, I think there's just, uh, and that's my issue is, <clears throat> I feel like every single one of these different denominations of Christianity is just humans trying to take what God created and put here and then twist it for their own personal to justify them having power, the people who are over that particular denomination having power and exercising that power of the other people. That's what I loved about the movie. I'm sorry, go ahead. You've actually been to churches in the South um, where one person gets mad at the pastor, goes across the street, starts another church. Yeah. So I loved the um, that movie, The Book of Eli, um, mainly because of the fact that this dude is trying to get his hands on the Bible, not because he believes in God, but because he knows the power that it can wield in order to control people and to um, consolidate power. I feel like basically different denominations of Christianity are just that. It's just different people focusing on different pieces of it in order to justify their controlling the behavior of the people who they want to follow them. And if you strip all of that away... I do believe that the truth is in Christianity, but we have added all this other stuff on top of it to create all of this 
things things used to control people, like to consolidate power. It's really all it is. But when you strip all of it away, it's just uh, love is the most powerful thing in the universe. And here's what it looks like to love people. Do this, right? be patient, be kind, be all those things, right? And if you genuinely love, like verb, then you are doing what Jesus did. And all the other stuff, the, you know, only have sex with these people and not those people. But if you're only having sex with these people, only do it when you're married to these people. Because if you're not having, if you're not married and you're still having sex with the people that I tell you it's okay to have sex with, well, you're still doing wrong. But if you are married and you are having sex with the person you're supposed to have sex with, but you're doing it this way, you're wrong. And it's just like all, all of that other mess that we conflate as, well, this is the most important thing about this and you have to either do or not do these things otherwise you're a bad person and then we go and judge each other like that ain't none of that got anything to do with jesus jesus was just like hey love verb do it on purpose here's what it looks like when you do it read second corinthians or first corinthians it's one of them and it tells you what you this list corinthians <laughs> no i'm not messing with 45 and his mess but anyway <laughs> But but if you to me if you strip all that stuff away that is what is left. We are called to love our neighbors as we love ourselves and love God above everything else. And everything else, all the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. So if we can do those two things, everything else kind of falls into place. And everything else is where humans come in and try to mess with it. But but to me, those two things also don't not align with my belief about what happens when we leave here, because I still think like, OK, if I do what I'm supposed to do the whole time I'm here and I'm wrong and it is just over for the rest of eternity from here. Well, if I lived this time doing what I was told to do, then great. And if I live this time doing what I'm supposed to do and then I learn how to do that and then there's another path along the uh, a journey after this. Okay, cool. Well, I'm prepared to do that because I already know what I'm supposed to do. So anyway, now I'm just running my mouth. This is why I don't talk. Because once I actually do start talking, people are like, yeah, I don't know about that dude. He's got some crazy stuff going on in his head. I've been saying that for years, dude. I mean, yeah, but you But I still come back. You're still, <laughs> still my dude. Whether you got crazy stuff going on or not, still my guy. Word. Quiet over there, Derek. What's up? Nothing. Just listening. Word. I don't really know nothing else, man. I'm. Yeah, I'm out. It's about to be a crazy week. I'm uh, dealing with a little bit of imposter syndrome, but that's okay. Oh, because Uh, elaborate your job. Hey, stop that. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop it. Elaborate stuff. <laughs> no, it's just that every day I, I go to work and it we're doing much better than we were a month ago, but I'm just wondering how long this is going to last before, like all these people that I'm talking to, I'm talking to uh, a guy now that works under the mayor of the city uh, to get a contract with the city. Uh, which will really help us, but I'm sitting here like, like I, I I don't know. Like if he came and called tomorrow, I was like, look, guy, eh, we ain't not dealing with y'all because 
you don't know what you're really doing, honestly. You're just sell, sell, sell. And then you come up with a plan later. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. Um, but it's just the lack. I, every other job I've had, I've had some sort of formal training in, in every position, somewhat. But in this one, it was like, here you go. I'm going on vacation. See you in two weeks. Oh, wow. Y'all are doing really awesome for this last two weeks. Uh, I'm going to go on a church trip for, you know, four days. So I'll be back after that. It's like, so I'm I'm just I'm doing what I think I should be doing based on everything that I can gather myself, uh, other people in the position, but every franchise is different. So am I doing what my franchise needs me to do? Or am I doing what the franchise in Nashville or Jackson or uh, Mobile or San Antonio? Am I doing what they do? Because it's tailored towards them. And so that, you know, that's been my my thing here for the last two or three weeks. And some days are worse than others. But, you know, I, I do feel like we're doing something, but I just, I do have that imposter syndrome. It's, it's like, wow, am I really supposed to do this? Like, can I do this? Can I buy a thousand dollars worth of merchandise on my company card and sell it to my movers and drivers that want it, that have to have, well, not have to have, it. it's not what they have to have, but you know, if they want a fresh new hat, new hoodie, they pay for it. Why not? Why not do that? I did it, but, you know, I'm just waiting on somebody so you can't do that and be like, I knew it. I knew I shouldn't have. Yeah, I know. That's that's really it. So how do you how do you deal with it on a daily basis? Like just the that feeling. What what is there any processes you use to just get yourself through it or or actually it it hits So when I took this position, what I asked for was a guide kind of like what my daily activities should entail, what times I should do those. More like an agenda. So you get there at 8, you should do this thing first. Then after that, you do this, this, and this. And once I learned what my job was, I could tweak it, tailor it. I don't have to do so much of this because I do that. And and that would have been ideal for me. I haven't gotten any of that. It's like, hey, um, we got a bunch of problems. I'm a good problem solver, so what I do is, like I did this morning when I was at work, I made a list of the 30 things that are going on this week, and I'm going to break that list down into a punch list. I'm going to determine who I'm going to delegate these 12 to 20 things to, and I'm going to do the rest of them. So that's kind of what I attack. Now, there are certain reports I have to do and things like that. Those are things that I know I have to do. Um, but I don't really get a chance to think about it once I get there because there's always so much going on. I mean, by the time I get there in the morning, there'll be six or seven problems that popped up. And so we got to deal with those. Um, the quiet time is when it gets me. And that's been mainly when I get home. So that first hour between four and five, I'm kind of like, well, maybe do another day. Nobody found out. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, they just threw me in here. 
that that's where it comes in. Do you have anybody telling you that you're doing a good job? Or if somebody yes. came in yes. and told you you're doing a great job, would that affect oh, you man. at all? No. <laughs> that would be like, because you really, I'm, I'm a lot like this. You really don't know. Because so the owner has called me a couple times. Just be like, man, y'all are knocking it out of the park. Keep it up. Keep doing this. Keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Yada, yada. And he'll be there Monday. And he'll probably say a lot of the same stuff. Man, I mean, we really made a change over last month. I mean, I, I I feel so much better about our situation. Things are great. You're doing wonderful. People from corporate office are called and be like, yeah, you're doing great. Looking at everything. Things have turned around, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll be like, yeah, but you don't know. <laughs> You just don't know. Like, yeah, what am I doing? I'm just finding a problem, coming up with a plan to fix it, and fix it. That's really it. That's all I try to do. But I'm I'm different than the other people that have held this position because I would say a couple of years ago, we had a GM that was there for like two or three hours a day. And before that, there was a guy that was just there on Fridays. <laughs> and before that there was a dude that only worked on month, every other day I mean I'm there every day I get there at 6 and I leave sometime after 3 whether it's 4, 5 or 6pm I do what I need to do and that's because I want to do a good job I do have people telling me that but I, it's not valid to me because they just don't yeah but y'all are a franchise, so yeah. you, so there's already systems in place that exist. They're supposed to be. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's corporate systems in place. You are correct. So yeah. I have a way to go to find where I'm, what it's supposed to look like, and then when I do find them, because like I'll have a question. Gosh, I've had the same question for three weeks. Like, why do, like, what do we do in this situation? How do we do this? How do we do that? And nobody could answer it. So I go on our hub and I'm just looking around, see if I can find something. And I did. And then I was like, really? That's like a lot of the things that I've been trained to do, I found out are not the way you're supposed to do it. So I've been retraining myself as well as training other people. Um, this place will run like clockwork after about six to eight months. But right now, I still have that like situation that I and I honestly just feel like in eight months everything's going great. I can walk in and he'll say, "Great job, thanks for fixing it." And you now I'm gonna let my niece run it now that everything's in place. I mean, I, I have no no basis for that. It's an irrational thought, but I, I really truly believe that, that happened. I'd be like, I'd call y'all and be like, well, it happened today. Yeah. I'm leaving the parking lot now. Can't even get mad about it. Cause I, 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 I fear that. Um, and it's an irrational thing. I've been at this place almost five years. Um, the owner's never given me any indication that he would do anything like that. But I just feel like I'm different, and the other guys were kind of lazy and didn't really didn't want to do anything different. And I feel like, you know, the minute I get it right, and be like, oh, well, this is running well. My son can run this. Okay, great, thank you. And I, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. So that's that's all in my head. That's in my head. Derek, how are you? Yeah. I don't I don't have anything more, honestly. I'm just Yeah. 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 I'm tired. I, I I'm tired. That's it. What you gotta do the rest of the day, man? Shows. Oh. Well, we can end this one, brother, and let you get on. <laughs> I, I don't have... have anything else to say either. Yeah. Um, I wasn't supposed to tell y'all that. Yeah. You wasn't supposed to tell us that. Why you wasn't supposed to tell us that you're dealing with imposter syndrome? Is that something that's burdening you? you? I was supposed to tell you that after I got through it. That's, oh. That's so, how it's supposed to work. So, you, so you're not going to unburden on unburdened. You're going to wait until you are unburdened and then come and tell unburdened. About how the thing I got that you that were way. burdened. How I got yeah. over. Yeah. Really? How I got so, over. So, yeah. so you trying to be me is basically what you're saying is that you, you're not going to come in and open up. First, I'm older than you. You're not, you're not going to come in and, and just wait till it's all over with and then tell everybody this. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm never doing that again. It's not a great feeling. <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is the best feeling in the world. This is just how I operate. I set up when I have a problem. I put my head down, do the best I can to solve that issue. Once it's resolved, I can tell you, man, I did not know. Remember that time we talked? I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? X, Y, Z. And, and then I got over it, and we were good. Yeah, I can tell you all about it when it's over. In the middle of it, I'm still working on getting to that point where I can be in the middle of something and tell you, this is not going great. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've always felt like I have to have an answer. I think that's that's the biggest challenge that me and you both have. Because Derek has no problem being in the middle of the fire and then coming and talking to us about the fire that's going on around him. And then you and me are just sitting here like, yeah, we cool until like the fire is passed. And then it's like, oh, okay, I made it out the yeah. fire. Let me tell you. And that's, and that's not what this show is about. Like To mm-hmm. me, that's the biggest I, thing I that I'm having to work on is talking about the fire in the fire because otherwise it's just three dudes coming in not talking to each other about anything really until it's over with and then be like all right now let me tell you how i got unburdened and that's just i mean it's cheating the system i i acknowledge that i have been cheating the system (laughs) i completely understand and i acknowledge it that's why like that part of it I hinted at it when we first started back two shows ago. I kind of hinted at it, but then I shut myself up. Mm. Last week, I didn't say nothing about it. But, yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I operate a lot like you, Gerald. It's just like, okay. Once I get through it, I can explain what happened, what I was feeling point to point to point. It is so hard for me personally <clears throat> because in – I'm the oldest child. I always had to have an answer for what my brothers and sisters were doing, (laughs) right or wrong. And just about every job I've had, I've been in a position to where people come to me with problems and I have to have an answer to solve them. And so progressively, it's become my second nature to, okay, I'm having problems. I need to find an answer. Then I can tell you what I did. 
or how I got through it. Um, it is a great challenge for me. And some days I can open up and tell you everything. And then other days I I can't because I feel like if I tell them this is happening, they won't like me. And it has nothing to do, again, irrational, completely irrational. I, my life could be a dumpster fire. I feel like y'all wouldn't care. So that's great. I know that. But in that small moment, well, I'm going to open up and I'm going to call Derek and see, well, Derek's got his own stuff going on. No, I don't hear about your mess. All right, well, I won't call Derek. You know, I'll just, I talked to him this weekend. And then I won't ever get to that point. Or, yeah, I'm going to reach out to Gerald and see what, hey, you, know, you want to do that? You're kind of in the middle of your own shit right now. Why are you taking on other people? Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, you know, I'll give him a call later or something like that. And then later never comes. But it's, it's never an overt act. It's always six seconds of some whisper that I hear in my head that's like, hey, don't, don't, uh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> that I actually listen to. I'm, I'm sure it's always there, but I don't listen to it until I feel like I'm in a vulnerable spot. Yeah. It's like talking to my mother. I won't call my mother when things are going on because uh, she hears it in my voice. I don't know how. I don't know. I, I don't get it, but she can... My mama could call me right now and I would debate on answering the phone because I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want her to hear that I, I'm having problems. And these problems are nothing like the problems that I've had in the past. My problem is just an imposter syndrome situation with my job. That's a, I mean, most people would take that versus a lot of their other issues. Yeah. Um, but my mother still knows, and I don't want her asking questions. I don't want her prying around like, well, why do you feel that way? Because um, then I feel like I feel like I'm the one that should always have it together. Even if I'm having a bad time, I should be able to tell you what's wrong, what I'm doing, an action plan. I have an action plan. Look, here's my problem, but I have an action plan. So I'm doing this, this, and this. This is currently in place to fix the problem that I'm having. And in two, three weeks, some weird number, abstract number, this problem won't exist anymore. Yeah. See, I'm good. So my, my biggest problem with telling people that I'm having a problem while the problem is going on, my biggest, not even close to any other issue with that is in my head my thought is what if they try to help me I don't want nobody to try to help me so I won't tell people because I don't want you to try to help me and every time somebody tries to help me I turn into an asshole to try to make them not want to help me because I feel like I shouldn't need to bother you with my crap and so that if, if I could I just... It's not the help. Yeah. That. If I could I tell you I have an issue and you could be like, oh, man, I'm here for you. That's cool. I'm so sorry. Hit me up if you need anything and then leave it alone. Then I could talk about it. But it's so many gum caring people around me and probably you and Derek, same yeah. thing, who just like, oh, you have a problem. 
let me help you. And then immediately I'm like, I shouldn't have told you nothing. Shouldn't have told you nothing. Because now I'm going to have to tell you I don't need your help after I just told you I need help. Because I don't want you to help me. Please don't try to help me. Because it feels so uncomfortable. I know that it's not the help. It's just that I feel like you are. I don't want your pity. That I don't want to. Oh, see, people. for me, it's not pity. I'm not worried about the pity. I don't feel like it's pity. I just don't. I feel like I am so freaking privileged. Like I have had so much stuff thrown in my lap my entire life that I should not ever have to ask anybody around me to help me when I. I, I should be able to figure it out or I should be able to take whatever was given to me before and just, you know, abracadabra, I'm going to fix this stuff. But I don't I don't want to take from you. I don't want to take anything from you. And the biggest problem that I keep getting told about that is but you spend so much time helping other people. Yes, they are waiting for a chance to help you. And then you turn them down. And I'm like, yeah, but it just I, I'm the I'm the help guy. I'm the help guy. I don't need your help. Yeah. Derek, you said you don't want to owe people. You think people keep score? Do you feel that way? Like, I helped Derek three times and he ain't helped me yet? Bro, be fucking honest. I know you keep score. I just wanted to say. <laughs> I, I probably do too. Honestly, I, I probably do. But no, I just don't want to owe people. Like we um, ran into Kenny Thomas yesterday. Sacramento Kings, University of New Mexico, Houston Rockets, power forward, Kenny Thomas. Ran into him yesterday. So of course, I'm going to fucking tell this dude about Consistently Good. Sent him the link to the Instagram sent him the link to the Facebook page. He saw it and called me back. He literally called me like an hour later, like, yo, can we get this, that, and the third? And I was like, sure. And he was like, well, is it gluten-free? And I was like, well, we can make it gluten-free. We can make anything gluten-free for y'all. We just need to know that somebody has a gluten allergy. We'll mark that down for our client. We'll go from there. And he was like, that's what I need to hear. I'd like to go into business with you. I like to put your company under my brand. Do you have a business license? And I had to say, no, no, I don't. Okay. Well, when you get a business license, come back and holler at me. So now I need a business license. Business licenses cost $800. Jesus. It's like 50 bucks around here. Can California. you get a business license in a different state? California, no. California, no. 800 bucks. And then insurance. Is probably another six hundred dollars. Wait, hold on. So, if you don't have, okay, so you're doing this at home, right? Mm-hmm. In your kitchen, and you're taking the food to people. Mm-hmm. You have to have insurance on your own self. I understand why we have insurance. Um, we're going into people's houses. We could fall down a pair of stairs. That's on us. But if I'm, say, I, I'm making brownies, food and I'm poisoning. Yeah, what you'll really and what you might end up with, depending on what you're making, um, and depending on which department you have to go through for this, they may come to the house and inspect the kitchen to make sure that it is it is to the standards of a commercial kitchen. 
Yep. So now that I didn't know. Yeah. Man, that that that's bullshit. Yeah. Which is how people go into debt before they even start up their company to try and get everything put together so then it can be palatable to whomever might come okay. to their home. So but, it doesn't matter if you license in a different state, but you're operating in California, you have to have the California licenses. Yeah. So I need $1,400. My wife just started school. I'm putting every cent that we have into the bills. And I can already see this opportunity floating away into the ether because by the time I am able to get $1,400 together, this opportunity likely won't be there anymore. This is, and which I understand, you know, these oper- this is like when, what I've found is that when opportunity knocks, it doesn't usually ring the doorbell afterwards. It knocks once and then it'll move on to the next person. And the opportunity literally called my phone and said, here's an opportunity. And I, 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 I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. So I thought maybe I will do a GoFundMe. Maybe I will ask my friend for help. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Because by doing it, that will say that uh, Derek is just coming to us groveling or, or now he needs us or where was he when I needed this? So you got people who will literally, before they say happy birthday to somebody on Facebook, they will look back at their post to see if somebody said happy birthday to them on their birthday. And that somebody is me. I'm, I'm somebody. Um, so <laughs> I know how I've never done that in my life. I'm petty. <laughs> like I am quietly petty and I strive not to be, but yeah. I'm petty too, but you know, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Like, yo. So do you know a hundred percent of what you need before you can work with his company. Like, do you do you have a hundred percent of the information of all of these things that need to be in place and signed off on before you can legitimately pair your company with his company? Yeah, he said insurance and and licensing. Okay, is there a way you could reach? Okay, you know what? Let me just. This is what I would do. I would reach back out to him. For a quick 15 minute call and I would literally just say okay I'm sure that you have partnered with other small businesses before I would love to be one of those small businesses we talked earlier about the uh, you know the state business license and the insurance but what are the other considerations that I need to have right now so I can make sure that when I come back to you I got everything in place because what you don't want to do is come up with that, get those pieces, and then come find out, oh, you, there's still two or three other things we didn't talk about that I need. So to let him know that, that you're serious about getting into business with him and then also to give you everything you need because it's one thing to say I don't want to come to you for help because I'm keeping score. You might be keeping score. I don't want to owe anybody. But it's another thing to then eventually make that decision to come to the table and say, this is what I need. And let's say you get it and then you go forward and then you still don't have everything you need. I would ask the questions because that is a huge opportunity you got in front of you. I would ask the questions directly of him and say, what other things should I be considering right now that I'm going to need when we come back to the table? Cause I will be back here to the table with you and get that information 
and know what all those costs and expenses are and then come up with the plan on how to on how to walk down that and how you're going to get it that's just that's my first thought because that i mean like 99% of, of, of the success in my life has been me just accidentally walking down the street and running into the right person and there's a door. And then you figure out whatever you got to do to go through that door. Because mm-hmm. like you said, opportunity only knocks that one time if it knocks. And sometimes it don't knock. Sometimes you just bump into it walking down the street and it's fleeting, right? Mm-hmm. But if you you know what you know right now, I would go back since he did call you back. He already initiated contact at one time. I would contact him directly again. Say, hey, I'd just like to get 15 minutes on your calendar. Or if we can talk right now, this is what I'd like to know. And then just get that info and then worry about how you're going to come up with the money or whether or not you are going to come to either us or the larger community or friends or whoever know everything that you need before you make that step does that make sense yep that yeah, you don't want them to hit you with another 700 dollars. you gotta have for this this and this so yeah i mean let look on your face you don't look thrilled about that but oh no 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 i'm i am uh looking at your stairwell behind you um like i literally hyper focus at at points in my life i heard everything uh gerald said and and he's absolutely right i'm going to pony up all of my uh courage and throw caution to the wind and call him uh likely right after we get done with this and have that conversation and you don't even have to ask me i'm ready to chip in so same let me just just uh send a message vaguely about hey this dude said uh (laughs) I need $1,852.12, and I'm going to send you at least 100 of it. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I no, I'm serious. You don't, like, you don't believe me, but I will. No, I'm, 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 I, I, like I said, on the one hand, I'm saying I really do appreciate that. On the other hand, I'm feeling like a absolute loser slash scoundrel because i'm even asking because we're having this whole conversation about that yeah yes because that's how i feel i get it i will help anybody but when it comes to me i'm like "Eh, i don't need right speaking of watch me change the subject speaking of uh that line feeling like a loser alcohol abuser how about that ice cube yeah west coast dude (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. What happened? Uh, he, he's he's a Trump guy. That's all. Oh, we back to that? We back to the to the election stuff? No, no. I'm just saying. Like, there's a. That's why I was saying there's a lot of black men who are going towards Trump because he filled out the uh, contract for Black America that nobody asked for that took stuff from people who walked this path long before him and knew a lot more than he did. Um, and then presented it to both parties, but only Trump said, hey, we'll institute it right now, which, yeah, right. Um, 50 Cent uh, said, I make more than four, $400,000 a year, or I have more than $400,000. Uh, I don't like Biden's tax ideas, so I'm rolling with Trump. Uh, 
Kanye West, of course, already with Trump, and it's just like, yo, all these black men. So I wonder, is Kanye going to vote for himself or vote for Trump? You know, my daughter said she wanted to vote for Kanye, and I was like, you better not. He's on the ballot here in Arkansas. Oh, he's on the ballot here. The he's crazy thing is, not on the ballot in Mississippi. We talked about it um, on single simulcast, I think, about how obvious this is that he's just trying to take votes away from other people. Uh, but he's running for vice president here in California. He's running for president in other states of the United States of America. Hmm. We keep the racism tight down here. We don't let his black ass on the ballot, period. <laughs> in Mississippi. In Mississippi, that's how we do. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to the, uh, the, the power structures that we... Um, support i think it goes race first then misogyny then money like that's 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 who you're seeing outside of you know the the base that are secretly supporting this dude is well i mean i could pay lip service to whatever but secretly i really don't give a damn about women so I know this dude doesn't, and he's all about male power, so I'm all about male power. And I could give all of this lip service to where I put my money and charity and what communities I'm trying to support, but when it all comes down to it, uh, I'm all about keeping my cash, and this dude is about keeping his cash, so I'm going to vote for him. Um, it's just like that. That's what's coming out. You're finding out what people really value most. And... Um, I was listening to NPR, and that was another thing. Like, he's behind with um, Latinx voters, but not as much as he was in 2016. And also, I think he's behind Biden by like 34% overall in that demographic. But in Latinx men, he is behind by eight points. So, I mean, I believe it. it's like the, the male thing, the misogyny thing comes in real quick. Like, oh, this is a dude who really doesn't care about women at all. And he cares about money. I mean, I'm a dude who doesn't care about women and I care about money. So, yeah, that's my guy. Like, just there's a lot of people out there who are making that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'm the outcast. I'm the one who just says I ain't voting because I don't want either one of them. Give me somebody that I can vote for, and I'll vote. Um, but I want him to lose. Wait, what? I want, I want, I want 45 to lose. But I'm not gonna put my vote behind a person I don't want to win. <laughs> I don't want Joe Biden. He just happens to be the only other alternative, and I hope that that alternative comes out on top. But, no. I'm not the one who believes, well, if you don't vote, you can't say nothing. No. You voted. You voted for this or you voted against this. So, you can say whatever you want. I I abstained. I still have the right to complain. It's just how it is. I've always thought that federal elections, especially for president, should be, like, shouldn't be a statewide type thing. It just be total votes if you're going to do it this way. Like, I mean, 
the state of Mississippi is probably not going to go for – my dogs are going to start barking here in a second – go for uh, Joe Biden at all, but it's a federal election, so why does it matter <laughs> if the state of Mississippi goes? It should just be total vote. Yeah. Anyway, shoot, I got an issue, fellas. I'm about to check out. I apologize. Oh, I got to truck this out today, and I might take this. I got to make some runs to Home Depot and go to my grandma's house and hang a mirror and some uh, some TVs on the wall as well. So we got stuff. I to I, do. I I got a I got a call a guy about a thing about a business. Yeah, and then you got to get back to us. Yeah, I'm not letting you off the hook. I already made the calendar thing. Uh, so six o'clock tonight, you'll hear from me. I think it's yeah. four o'clock your time. Yeah, y'all be good. Uh, y'all be good. We'll holler at you later. All right. Yeah. Hey, Gerald. Hold on. Let me end live video. All right. It's ended. So, so question. What up? When you do live video, does it record anything? Um, so it is. You can follow the show at Unburdened Pod on Twitter. Voicemail is 916-572-9016. Email is blackinunburdened at gmail.com.